Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. time of the Holy Ghost, and we're so excited for what the Lord is going to do. I'm going to um, sing before I preach today. I had this on my mind uh, earlier, but um, I like a lot of the old songs, but I like some new ones too. I kind of go back and forth. This one's somewhat newer, but I had it on my mind earlier. Can't go back to
attention today to 1 Samuel chapter number 14. If you'd stand with me for the reading of the word one more time. 1 Samuel chapter 14. Thank you, music team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. You're so blessed here with great music and great worship. Praise God. Praise God. 1 Samuel chapter number 14, beginning reading in verse number 1. Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, and let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father, and Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men, and Ahia, the son of Hutib, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, were in Ephod, and the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And verse number four is so important. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over under the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other was Sinan. The forefront of the one was situated northward over against Michmash, and the other southward against Gibeah. And Jonathan said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. I'll direct your attention back to verse number four, where it says, there were two rocks, one on one side, one on the other. The other one's name was Bozes, and the other's name was Sinan. I'll preach for a few moments this morning from the subject, simply, it's a two-sided story. It's a two-sided story. Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for your presence that we feel in this house. God, we ask that you would let us leave different than the way that we came. Let us leave transformed by the renewing of our minds today. I pray that everybody would feel your presence before they leave this house today. And I pray, oh God, that you would do what only you can do and visit us here in a supernatural way. I ask these things in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Thank you for standing. These verses that we read today tell a powerful story. They tell us about Jonathan and his making up his mind that he was going to go over. And if we're going to talk about revival and we're going to talk about unity... We have to have a made-up mind that we're going to go over. We've got to go over. And in our minds, we like to think the concept and talk about the concept of going over and going to the other side and getting there. But before we can ever think and talk about going over, we've got to get over some stuff. I've got to get over some hate towards my neighbor. I've got to get over some attitudes of indifference. I've got to get over my spiritual apathy. 
Because this is not a me-only revival. This is a let-us revival. And if we're going to go over to where the Lord wants to take us, we're going to go over together as a mighty army. And I know we're, we're, we've gotten over some things, and we get over things in life, and we get in step with what the Lord wants to do. And once we've gotten over some things, we have to go over. And we read that Jonathan grabs his armor bearer one day, and he says, Come on, let us go over. And that takes faith, not knowing what you're going to encounter, not knowing what the path may hold. Just knowing that every victory begins with a made-up mind. Jonathan didn't need 12 hours of counseling. He didn't need to form a committee. He didn't need to take a poll. He didn't need to tell anybody he was going to go over. He didn't brag that he was going to go over. He didn't tweet that he was going to go over. He didn't post that he was going over. He didn't desire any credit for anything. He just decided to go over. And you have to decide that you are going to be involved in what God is doing and not wait. But you just got to jump in. Even when there's no spotlight, even when there are no accolades, even when there is no pat on the back, life's greatest moments are birthed from unselfish motives. And at this point in Israel, Samuel is old. The ark has been forgotten. Saul has been told that his kingdom will not continue. Goliath has not yet made his appearance in Scripture. David has not yet come on the scene. But let me remind you this morning that before there was ever a David, there was a Jonathan. And Jonathan was a warrior. And songs could have been sung about Jonathan like they were sung about David. Because the Bible describes him as strong. He was depicted as swift. He was an archer and he was a swordsman. There were not many like Jonathan. And here this man's man in one of his greatest moments is telling his armor bearer, I know everybody else is sitting here. But let us get a little nerve and go over to the other side where the enemy is. How about it? Let's get in step. Let's unite. And his armor bearer tells him, whatever you want to do in your heart, I'm with you. Because how can two walk together unless they agree? Let us go to the other side. And it sounds good to preach about the other side. But before I can preach to you about the other side, I've got to take a moment and explain to you what I'm preaching to you is a two-sided story. And if you have lived long enough and have dealt in any measure with people, you have probably learned and can testify to the fact that every story has at least two sides. When I was growing up, every day at lunch, mom and dad would turn on the radio and on would come a familiar voice named Paul Harvey and he would tell amazing stories about people who came from somewhere and they accomplished something. But 
he would always tell that side of the story that you've never heard before. And I even find myself today going back and listening to some of his old broadcasts because they always intrigued me. And he would end all of his broadcasts with that smug voice and that smug tone by saying, and now you know the rest of the story. And that stuck with me ever since I was a kid. And I learned that there's always more to the story. There's always another side. Every fishing story has two sides. Every fight between siblings has two sides. Every auto accident has two sides. And we even use phrases like, on the wrong side of history. The grass is always greener on the other. I'll see you on the other side. Well, let's err on the side of caution. Take a walk on the wild. Or on the plus side of things. Even in the courtroom, both the defense and the prosecution will be given a chance to tell their side of the story. Even Proverbs 18 and 17 says, the first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. And the older I get, the slower I am to believe a story and take a side until I've heard both sides of the story. You learn that after making a few mistakes and having to remove your foot from your mouth. But even throughout Scripture, hey, Jacob, your boys told you that what had happened to Joseph as they showed you his bloody coat. But Jacob, what you don't realize is it's a two-sided story. And you believed a lie. David, Zeba told you that Mephibosheth was trying to take over the kingdom while you were out running from Absalom. But before you cast judgment on Mephibosheth, you need to realize there's another side to this story. Potiphar, your wife told you that Joseph tried to lie with her and you threw Joseph in prison, but you never got to hear the other side of the story. And I've learned that Every story is like a coin, and it has two sides. But today, while I am attempting to preach to you about two philosophical sides, the text that I read to you in the latter part of this message begins to describe two literal sides. And without knowing it, Jonathan is showing us a path where God will take anybody that wants to do something great in his kingdom. Does anybody want to do anything great for God? Come on, does anybody want to do anything great for God? Amen. If I were to attempt to paint you a picture that showed the current situation in this passage in 1 Samuel, on canvas I would start out by going four miles north of Jerusalem and brushing out an image of a deep ravine or a deep canyon running from east to west. This canyon signified the boundary of the territories between God's people and the Philistine army. 
on the southern side of this deep canyon, King Saul and Jonathan and about 600 Israelite soldiers have gathered in Gibeah, armed with nothing but pitchforks and shovels and picks because there is no smith in Israel. It's really a sad time in Israel. It's an impoverished time across the ravine. And on the opposite northern side, the Philistines have established their outpost and in Michmash and have entrenched themselves upon an almost inaccessible height with soldiers and chariots and horsemen. They're on one side and Israel's on the other side. But the Philistines have all of the smiths. They have all the money. They have all the soldiers. They have everything Israel does not have. How did God's people get to such a place of lack? I don't know. How did a poverty mentality work its way in? I don't know. How did this great nation become second best? I don't know. But let me preach counterculture to what some of you have lived with your entire life. It is never the will of God for his people to live with a poverty mentality. The Bible says you're the head and not the tail. The Bible says you're blessed going in and you're blessed going out. The Bible says you're blessed and highly favored. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about influence. I'm talking about dominion. I'm talking about favor like Joseph had in Egypt. I don't know about anybody else, but I want the favor and the blessings of God on my life. Come on, I want everything that the Lord has for me. I don't just want a little bit, but I want it all. I don't just want a part of it, but I want everything that God has promised me. If he's promised me my family's going to be in church, I'm not going to quit praying until every one of them is at an altar. I'm not just going to stop after one comes in. If he promised me a job, I'm going to believe him for the best job. I want everything God has for me. But now, under Saul, Israel is living substandard to their enemy. And the only logical way to get from Gibeah, stay with me, to Michmash is to take the passage that stretched miles around on the western side of the canyon. You couldn't just go through the canyon. You had to go all the way around the canyon. And now, and now Saul refuses to take this passage to go engage the Philistines because of the same reason that he refuses to later on engage Goliath, the spirit of fear ruled his life. And Jonathan, his son, looks at his armor bearer and says, hey, I'm sick and tired of sitting here and waiting for somebody to do something. I refuse to let the spirit of fear have dominion. Today is the day we create a new road. Today is the day where we go where no one else has ever gone. Today, we're going to do the impossible. Let's go where God is calling us. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? He said, let's take the Philistines by surprise and let's go across this ravine down the cliff on this side and up the cliff on the other side and let's go straight to their gate. Let's go down this side. Let's go up the other side. And let's bring this to the enemy. Jonathan was a beast. But let me remind you, if you're ever going to attempt to do something great for God, it's not going to be an easy road. Because if it were easy, everybody would be doing something great. 
Anybody ever start a project and then 20 minutes into it, you're like, why in the world did I start this? And Jonathan is looking for this invisible path across this canyon. And he's just said he's going to take. Wait a second. Was that two cliffs? One down and one up? And the Bible tells us that both of these cliffs that Jonathan and his armor bearer must scale are so prominent that Scripture gives them names. And I've never heard anybody preach on it, but Jonathan reminds us, hey, you better get a backbone if you're going to do something great. And in 1 Samuel 14, 4, it says, between the passages where Jonathan sought to go over, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side, and the one's name was Bozes, and the other's name was Sinna. On the southern side where Jonathan is standing is the cliff that is called Sinna. And Jonathan walks over to the edge of the cliff of Sinna, and he takes a closer look over its edge. That's a lot further down than I thought it was going to be. That's a lot. Oh, my word. And, and he looks down and sees that Sinna is steep and it's scathed with sharp rocks. And Sinna is going to cut his hands and his feet if he attempts to climb down it. The potential for catastrophe is high. The risk is high. The danger is high. This is a large task. But hear me, I think Jonathan might have had a revelation that if God is going to take you anywhere and you're going to be used by God, he usually takes you down before he ever takes you up. The sun rarely ever hits Sinna because of its unique position and because the sun never hits it. Not much is able to grow. It's, it's dark. It's, it's in the shadows. And never forget that God loves to work on people in the shadows. Even if it's on the backside of a mountain watching sheep, God is working on a Moses to lead his people out. Even if it's killing a bear and a lion by yourself in a field when nobody else is around, God is working on a David to bring a nation victory. Even if it's learning to plow a field when nobody else is watching, God is developing an Elisha to take up a mantle from an Elijah. And there are some people in this church, hear me, you're in the shadows right now and you don't understand why you're there. But let me give you a word in the Holy Ghost. God is working on you right now. Come on, God is molding you right now. God is working all things together for your good right now. And there's not much vegetation on Sinna. There aren't a lot of trees because the sun never hits it. As a matter of fact, the definition of the word Sinna, this downward cliff means in Hebrew, the place of the thorn because the thorny acacia bush grows there. And if you've never seen an acacia bush, it's ugly. It's dangerous. It's piercing. And it's going to stick you and you're going to bleed if you come in contact with it. And it's my experience that if you want to be used by God and you're going to want to go where he takes you he will take you down through some places where life's going to make you bleed and cause you to be hurt and cause you to become wounded because he's got to strip you of some things so that he can direct your paths oh yeah he's going to take you down to some places that are going to cause you to question why you even started why did that happen why am I going through this? Why am I walking through this? Oh, that hurt. That was painful. That wasn't even right. And he's going to give you a thorn just to remind you his grace is sufficient. <laughs> 
Paul lives there. And Paul talks about it three times, about the thorn in his flesh. God, take it away from me. God, take this thorn away from me. God, take out of this thorn. And God tells him, no, Paul, I know it hurts, but you got to remember, my grace is sufficient for you. Come on, Paul. My grace is what's going to get you through this. My grace is what's going to sustain you. My grace is what's going to keep you. And if you're going to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish, you're going to first have to learn to deal with things that may not feel good, that may hurt, that weren't right, that didn't seem fair. Because the Bible says offenses must come. But what are you going to do when those offenses come? Are you going to give up? Or are you going to keep on marching? Because a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. And God's got to bring you to a place of humility before he can use you in a greater anointing. After Elijah gave the word to Ahab, hey, there's not going to be any rain until my word. God takes Elijah to the brook Cherith and said, you're going to stay here a little bit until I can get some things out of your spirit. Elijah just told Ahab, hey, Ahab, no rain until my word. No rain until I say. Nobody in Israel knew who Elijah was up to that point. But now, the man who had just stopped the source of blessing, everybody knew who Elijah was now because he said, you're not going to get no rain until my word. And now all of a sudden, Elijah steps into a spotlight situation. And now everybody knows who Elijah is. And then God tells him after this spotlight moment in his ministry, he says, listen, I'm going to take you down to a brook called Cherith. And there you're going to learn that my every good and perfect thing comes from me and not man. And if you look up the word Cherith, it literally means a cutting away. And God had to cut some pride out of his spirit. And God had to cut some arrogance out of his spirit. And God had to cut some things out of his mind that gave him any notion that any of this was about Elijah. Come on, God said, I'm going to cut some pride out. I'm going to cut some ideas out. Come on, God cares enough about you to take you down. You really want to be used by God? You really want to see God work through you? You really want to walk in a greater anointing? There are some prayers that you've got to learn how to pray on your way down to the valley. Prayers like, not my will, but thine be done. Prayers like, I've got to decrease so that he can increase. Prayers like, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. I remember some dark times when I began to wonder if God had forgotten about me, Pastor. There are times I felt betrayed. There are times I felt hurt. There are times when people cut me deep and I cried. God, why did I lose the house? God, why did that loved one leave? God, why did you let me walk through that? It's because on this side, God had to put some things in my life that agitated me. And they pushed me. And they pressed me. And it was on the way down, sinner, that God taught me some things. It was on the way down that I had to learn to let some wounds heal. It was on the way down in the shadows that I learned to be in the shadow of submission. And I learned it's good to have a shadow covering me.
It was on the way down that I had to get over some stuff. It was on the way down that that thorn dug deep into my side. It was on the way down that God stripped me of some pride. It was on the way down to the bottom that I learned this is not about me. It was on the way down that I bled a little bit. And if you go back to where I came from, the blood I shed is going to lead you back to where I started. But in all of this and with everything that I experienced and in everything I saw, what kept me going was that I remembered this is a two-sided story. And I found out there's not a crown without a cross. There's not a victory without a fight. There's not a mountaintop without a valley. There's not a testimony without a test. There's not a sunrise without a night. There's not a purchase without a cost. And you've got to remember that in the middle of all of your tears and in the middle of all of your pain and in the middle of all of your stress and in the middle of all of your hurt, hold on. It's a two-sided story. Come on, keep on praying. It's a two-sided story. Keep on believing. It's a two-sided story. You keep on holding on. You keep on marching. You keep on shouting when you don't feel like shouting. You keep on giving when you don't feel like giving. When it looks like you're walking through hell, don't stop. Weeping is going to endure for the night. But joy is coming in the morning. Come on, you keep on marching. You keep on climbing. You keep on dancing. You keep on praying. It's a two-sided. And the half has not been told. And somebody's getting ready to come up. And somebody's getting ready to come out. And somebody, you've been walking through hell. It's a two-sided story. And so Jonathan and his armor bearer begin the long climb down. And he scrapes his hand. And he cuts his leg. And now there's blood on the trail. And now he's got some scars. And now he's got some wounds. It's, it's not too late to turn back. It's not too late to quit. But they keep on climbing down. And they keep on stepping. And they keep on going down. And finally their feet touch the valley floor. And their journey is half over. We made it down. We made it through the trials. We made it through the problems. We made it down center. We made it through the thorns. And now all we got to do is climb up. And now they're looking upward towards the north side of the cliff called Bozes. And Bozes is a little bit different than Sinna. Bozes in Hebrew means shining and bright. Oh, wow. This is going to be a little bit different of a climb. <laughs> okay, Jonathan, here's where you learn the other part of your proverbial lesson. Over there at Sinna, it was God humbling me with obstacles and thorns. Over there, it was God humbling me by bringing me down. 
Over there it was God tearing some things out of me so I could be ready for over here. But over on this side of the story, it's not going to be an easy climb either. It's just a different climb. Over here it's not as dark. Over here people can see me. Over here I'm exposed. Over here now God is bringing me higher. God's using me for his glory over here. There's a light shining on me. It's so bright that it's total exposure. There's no hiding. Your life is an open book. Everybody sees me. And God knew that if you were going to be able to handle the spotlight on Boaz, he was going to have to take any notion out of you that any of this is about you. Well, you were over on sinner. Over here on Bozaz, it's white and bare and rocky surface. Doesn't allow any room for concealment. They say that this mountain would dazzle the eyes because it was so bright. And now you're not looking for any spotlight. It's just there. Now you're not looking for any notoriety. It's just there. Now you're not looking for any type of accolades. But because God has molded you and prepared you, he can now use you without worrying about your flesh wanting to get any of the credit. You don't understand. It's been God's plan to reveal you in the right timing when you're positioned in the right place in the will of God and you keep your spirit right, stuff just comes to you. Things just happen. Opportunities just don't. You don't got to look for them. It's just time. You don't have to try and force the door open. It's just time. You don't have to try and seek them out. It's just time. Things just happen because my spirit has been kept right and it's time. And and I learned some things over on Sinai. And now that I'm on Bozes, God says it's just time. But now the battle on this mountain is different in that you're not so much fighting thorns as you are the shining because God is now propelling your life. And here's the battle. Now people misinterpret your motives as arrogance. And you know you didn't get here by yourself. And your mind is so focused on the will of God that when people start speaking against you and trashing your character, you're able to deal with it because you know none of this is about you. You don't know what I went through over on Sinai. God taught me about humility. And I know that I'm a little better equipped to handle him, using me for him, using me for his glory. And if you want to be used by God, you'd better learn quick how to deal with criticism when people don't think you deserve the doors that God is opening in your life. It's just as easy to develop a bitter spirit going up as it is going down because the voices that are speaking against you now never spoke a word when you were going down. They never said anything about me when I was walking through the valley of the shadow. They never said anything about me when those thorns were tearing into my side. It's on your way up. People start talking about you. It's on the way up. People start gossiping about you. It's on the way up. All the haters begin to hate. It wasn't on the way down. It wasn't when I didn't have any money. It wasn't when I didn't have a car. It wasn't when I didn't have a house. It wasn't until God started using me because because when God starts using you, people that never spoke to you on the way down are going to start talking about you when you're going up. Don't believe me? Look at verse number 11. 
Verse 4, chapter 14, verse number 11, put it up there. And both of them discovered themselves under the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, okay, here come the Hebrews out of the holes where they hid themselves. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us. We'll show you a thing. It was when they were out in the open, the Philistines saw them. And they began to taunt them. Oh, look, here they come. Where have you been hiding? Who do you think you are? And the enemy will always begin to speak to you when you're coming up, when you're doing the will of God, when you're doing everything that God wants you to do. And when you're doing that, you've got to remember where you came from. I came down. <laughs> and so I'm going up, Moses, but I remember my past. I remember that time I messed up. But let me give a word to somebody this morning with a calling on your life. Let the haters hate. Let the scorners talk. Let the enemy get mad. I've made up in my mind I'm going to do something for God. And it's a two-sided story. Come on, somebody. You weren't there when I was bleeding on the other side. You weren't there when I was hurting on the other side. You weren't there when it was dark on the other side. That's why I'm careful when I don't, crit when I don't criticize somebody's worship. I don't know what they've been through. I don't know what they've been going through. I don't know what they've been walking through. I don't know what voices have been taunting their mind that have told them, why don't you just give up? Why don't you just commit suicide and it'll be okay? Why don't you just throw in the towel so you and your family can at least have some peace? Oh, no, no, no. I don't criticize somebody by the way that they worship because I wasn't there when they were walking down. I wasn't there when the enemy spoke to them. I wasn't there. Oh, no, no, no. So I say, shout on the way you want to shout on. Dance as much as you want to dance. Glorify God the way you want to glorify God. I ain't going to shame you. I'm not going to trash talk you. I wasn't there. But now you're going up. Now you're on your way to where God wants you. Come on, some of you need to quit worrying about what other people think about you. You just need to let loose in the Holy Ghost and let God do what he wants to do in your life because you were going down, but now it's a two-sided story and you're going up. Oh, come on, clap your hands right now. I remember where I came from. I remember what I was like. I remember I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. But hey, it's a two-sided That's not who I am now. That's not what I am now. Now I am a born-again child of God who has been forgiven and can stand and lift my hands without wrath or doubting because it was a two-sided story. Don't, let me give a word to somebody. Don't give up. It's not over. I don't care what the doctor told you. I don't care what that report came back. Let me give some of you hope. It's a two-sided story because he's the author, but he's also the finisher. He's the first, but he's also the last word. He's the alpha, but he's also the omega. And it's a two-sided.
That ought to make some of you want to shout in the Holy Ghost. That ought to make some of you have a little bit of hope again. I know it looks this way now. I know it's this way right at this moment. But I'm not forgetting. No, 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 no. This is a two-sided story. And some of you that have been going down, hear this word today. You're getting ready to come up. Come on. You've been walking through it. You've been going through hell, but you're getting ready to come up. And when you come up, you're coming up stronger. You're coming up more powerful. You're coming up with an anointing. You're coming. Come on. You're coming up delivered. You're coming up healed. You're coming up. You're come, come, come. You're come, you're coming up. Come on. That's why you need to be baptized. When you come out of the water, it's the other side of the story. And you're a brand new creation. Come on. Let me give a word to somebody today and tell you, stop pouting. Stop being depressed. You need to start <laughs> God's trying to bring you up. God's trying to bring you up. He's trying to tell you it's not over. You're not finished. He's not done. And the half has not been told. We used to sing, the devil don't want no shouting going on here. Devil don't want no shouting going on here. I don't care what the devil don't allow. I'm going to shout on anyhow. Maybe we ought to change the words. Haters don't want no shouting going on here. Haters don't want no shouting going on. I don't care what the haters don't allow. I'm going to shout on anyhow. I'm going to shout even though it hurts. I'm going to praise even though I've been wounded. I'm going to worship even though I don't feel like. Hey, I came to give a word to Sydney. You came down Sydney and you've gone through some things. But with everything God's brought you through, it's been in preparation for your advancement. You're coming out of a bunch of stuff. And there are some things that are being resurrected that are going to push you towards everything God has for Come on. Stand to your feet. Throw your hands towards heaven. I'm done. I just came to remind somebody. Come on. Come on, Pentecostals of Sydney. It's a two-sided story. And I don't care what you're walking through right now. I don't care what you're going through right now. It is not over and you may not have realized it hear me but you were just as much in God's will when you were going down as you are when you're coming up and he's allowed you to get some things set up and in a place that you'll be able to handle everything that's fixing to fall on this church He's been behind the scenes working all things together for your good. Throw your hands towards heaven right now. I want to I I increase somebody's faith today. Come on. It's a two-sided story. When the naysayers start criticizing, hey, listen, you keep on climbing. When people begin to talk about you, hey, you keep on climbing. 
the enemy comes in like a flood, don't you worry about it. The Lord's going to raise up a standard. And you just keep on climbing. Sitting, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Come on. I came to tell this church, you just keep on. You keep on. You keep on climbing. Because when you get to the other side, you're going to find out this is the reason God had me go through all of that. Oh, this is the reason God had me keep on walking. And everything he's gone, I've gone through has just been to work all things together for my good. And it's a two-sided story. While you may have been hurt, and you may have been wounded, and you may have been cut, and your family talked about you, and you may have been bruised, and people gossip, you're getting ready to climb up on the other side. And it may look like a tomb today, but mama, you hear me. There's a resurrection coming tomorrow. Paul and Silas, it may look like a prison today, but there's an earthquake that's coming at midnight. Hell thought it won today, but the other side of the story will be told tomorrow. It may look like they cast three into the fire, but on the other side of the fire is the fourth man. It's not over. Hate has four letters, but so does love. Enemies has seven letters, but so does friends. Lying has five letters, but so does truth. Cry has three letters, but so does joy. And it's not over. It's just a two-sided story. Will you lift your hands towards heaven right now and let's love him? Come on, all over the house, let's love the Lord right now. Come on, I came to increase your faith today. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't quit. It's just one part of your story you're going through right now. Come on, Mama, don't quit praying for your lost baby. Come on, Daddy, don't quit praying for that lost son. The half hasn't been told. And it's just a two-sided story. Come on, lift your hands towards heaven right now and just begin to pray, God, I need a little bit of help right now. God, I'm walking through this. My grace, your grace is sufficient for me. Oh, I need a little bit of hope today. Come on, if there's anybody here that needs a little bit of hope, I wish you'd step out of your chair right now and you'd make your way down to an altar. There's a God in this house that is waiting to fill you with His Spirit.